Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as I say in every show, we've got a great one for you today because we do. Um, and we're looking forward to bringing her on. She's done some great things. We want to dig deep into her story and find out a few things. Um, so, Jess, are you here? Yeah. You, know, you, you never know with technology what's going to happen. <laughs> That's that's the one thing that we don't have no control over. Um, yep. um as as we get started, um tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you. Uh well, I am a singer songwriter. I live in Slapout, Alabama. I'm twenty nine years old and honestly I've just been a creative type person all my life. I started when I was really young and music was always my constant. I moved a lot, so that was the one thing that just kind of stayed the same for me all the time, and that's why I think I'm so in love with it. Wow. So it just came naturally um, to you. Yeah, definitely. I, I gravitated toward music just all on my own ever since I was a little kid. I always sang along to every song on the radio and kind of made it a game to learn everything that I could and memorize as many songs as I could, and I've just kind of been doing that ever since. <laughs> And I think that's so important in this day and time is, you know, you got a lot of artists that they want to sing, but but in nowadays it's it's a business, and you really need to learn every part to the business, not just the singing side. Right. Absolutely. Because <clears throat> again, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of contracts on the line here. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, it's definitely not just a. You can just sit and sing and play your guitar, and that's all you got to do. It's it's more like I'm doing 12 different jobs that a team would do, but it's just me. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice if you could just get up there and sing and just do your part? <laughs> oh, yeah. But honestly, I, I like to be in charge of my career and know what's going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes anyway. And you can't yeah. look – like no one else is going to look after you the way that you will, and I learned that the hard way. So that's why oh, I'm wow. actually – back to managing myself and everything right now because I know that I have my best interests at heart and yeah it would be great to just be able to sing and rock out and be a big kid for the rest of my life so it would be amazing <laughs> yeah and and you know I know artists like you said about people getting taken advantage I'm no artist to where mm-hmm. you know you have to be careful with even going with a label because you gotta yeah. read that fine print yes you do <laughs> and you gotta always 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 get a lawyer to look at it. That is my advice to anyone in the music industry. Always have a lawyer on your side. Yeah, because something I didn't know, and I learned recently through artists like you, as you talk, because you get, you know, you're you're our hundred and seventh interview, so you kind of learn some things, and you see some common threads in people. And something I learned I had no idea about until probably in the last six months or so, that. If a label feels you're a competition, to, and again, this ain't every label. This, this, this don't always happen, but there are times where if a label feels competition to it, artists, they just put a lot of money in. Yeah, they will try to sign you just so they can bench you. Yeah, they'll sell you, and then you can't do anything, and then you have a an album or something, plus an advance that you have to pay back that you can't recoup on, so you can't pay back. <laughs> And I didn't know that even ha- – that was that was definitely a learning experience for me as I've had several artists that not, it didn't happen to them, but they know people that it has happened to. Oh, yeah. I know people who have gone into meeting sessions, and they pitched a couple songs, mm-hmm. and the label was writing notes on their song content because they wanted to mm-hmm. give it to the songwriters or something, and they liked the mm-hmm. ideas. Didn't even work with the artist. Oh, wow. Now, that's the first I've heard of that one. So it definitely is a cutthroat world out there, that's for sure. Just a little. <laughs> so, as, you know, I like to get started with some light stuff, too. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Well, I'm a big gamer right now. Um, I work out. I like to go running. I actually ran five miles before our interview today. And um, <clears throat> always. Oh, wow. Always working with, honestly, every everything I do intersects somewhere, and I've found that mm-hmm. if you follow your passions, everything aligns at some point. So it's, it's funny because mm-hmm. my running and my fitness all came together, and I, I before that pandemic, I was, like, doing the mm-hmm. anthem 
for rock and roll marathons and I would run as a St. Jude hero a lot. And it's really cool to be able to use my talent to run these races. I get to sing the anthem. So it's like music, fitness, Mm -hmm. and I'm working with a charity. So it's always really fun. But that's a hobby. That's a really big hobby. Uh, Mm -hmm. I live on a farm. I love animals. So I like to like be a, I guess as much of a cowgirl as you can be in 2020. Mm-hmm. It's just I love being at home with the animals. I love being outside. I love to kayak. Yeah. I'm very, very active. But then I sit on my butt at night and I stream on Mixer. So I guess I have a happy balance <laughs> of everything. But uh, also a very, very good. big, big hobby of mine. I like to eat. I love food, <laughs> which is why I run five miles a day. <laughs> and you know, you're talking about the passion stuff that. It's helped you build, you know, something that I've learned too. You know, I, you know, I had no idea we would even ever do a show. When Sandy and I married 17 years ago, my big thing is I wanted to be this speaker. That's always been a dream. I felt like I was supposed to speak. And she comes in my life, and all she loves is music. Um, so I listen to audio. She listens to music, and there was a problem. We couldn't do it all. So we finally came to the conclusion: let's do 50% audios when we're in the car together, and 50% um, music. So I kind of joke that she kind of brainwashed me in all this music stuff because she's hardcore into music. And I love music now. I've learned the power of music. But I had no idea that 17 years later that we would be at the point where we found a way to do my passion of talking and speaking and her passion of music all into one umbrella with our show, The Chris and Sandy Show. Mm-hmm. That's how it works usually. And like I said, at some point there's a reason you have the – drive in the passion and just the attraction towards something that you do and i think that if you follow it and pursue it that's what happens is it kind of falls it just falls together the way it's supposed to mm-hmm. exactly and, and you know when, when i sit there you know i know some people who don't really have a passion out there don't understand this but it's like a pull because like with our show i can't imagine now not doing this show even though it's less than five months old I, j- I just can't imagine it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it becomes a part of your life. And that's like music. I love music so much, mm-hmm. but there was there have been times where I've gone on like a week-long trip and I've left my guitar at home, and I hate myself because mm-hmm. all I want to freaking do for that whole week is play guitar. So it's, it's that thing where when it's not there, you don't know how you ever lived without it because you've, you've discovered exactly. how much joy it brings. And I kind of experienced both sides of it because we originally launched New Country Buzz back in 2014, and we mm-hmm. ran it for about a year, and we interviewed a, quite a bit of people back then, including Kelsey Ballerini before she became big. And um, so we were growing, and then just life happened, and just several personal th- reasons we had to shut things down at the end of 2015. But it was like a piece of me left because I was all in, and – I just got to the point where after three years of not doing it, I told Sandy in October of 2018, I was like, I feel like we're supposed to relaunch New Country. I was like, nobody's never bought that domain um, since we let it go. I was like, that's, that's a sign. That's a good domain. Nobody's bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I feel like we're supposed to relaunch and do this and had no idea we was going to do a show and all that. So 2019, we kind of, built the foundation of New Country Buzz, and here we are. So again, it's one of the things where I can look back where I always wondered what if we wouldn't have quit. What if we would you know, and, I didn't, and, and I'm not one of them people that – I don't live my life on what if. I live my life – I'd rather risk and fail than yeah. not take chances and wonder what if. And so we had no choice to relaunch, and here we are. Yeah, I mean I'm the same way. I don't – I don't ever want to look back and wonder, oh, what would it have been like if I had tried to do X, Y, and Z? Kind of like a couple of years ago, I actually did what you call a real job. And <laughs> now I know looking back that I have no regrets whatsoever. I will never wonder what it oh, is wow. like to do a normal person job. <laughs> I also know that I don't ever want to do that again. So I have uh-huh. to make it music. <laughs> But like like you said, you you don't want to look back and wonder what if. Like now I know because sometimes being as as weird and out there as I am, like sometimes I'm a space mm-hmm. cadet, man. But <laughs> I, there have been days where I wished I was normal, and now honestly I can say that I never ever want to be don't. normal because I don't like it. So 
tried it. And I get work. you on that. I get you on that. Like there are times where, cause, you know, as an artist or creative, you know, even what we do, we're still in the creative thing with the show. There are days where I, I, I'm on that cliff and I'm just ready to go over, and Sandy has to kind of pull me down a little bit back to earth. And, and I'm like, um, well, maybe I should just do what everybody says and get a real job, what they call a real job. And, and Sandy always jokes when I do say that. It's like, um, we've been married 17 years. When have you had a real job, a regular job in our marriage? So I was like, okay, you're right. We got we to gotta make this thing work. <laughs> and you're talking about normal. I love um, that what you said. You tried normal. It don't work. Um, we, two weeks ago. Um, our eight-year-old um, came to us, and it's like, how do you answer this? And I guess he heard this on one of his cartoons, but he asked Sandy and I, he says, what does normal mean? I know, My right? first thought was, <laughs> not not us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know. So I get we yeah it was it was from a SpongeBob episode I'm here now and and SpongeBob was trying to be normal so he asked me what does normal mean and I even answered with normal means normal but that's not really (laughs) answer (laughs) hard one to answer there I don't think I've seen that SpongeBob I used to watch that every day. (laughs) Oh he he watches it multiple times a day his favorite show. Yeah, and and I've seen that episode. He tried to be normal, and because he was being normal, he became bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, didn't work for him. <laughs> so, what would you say? Some what's something quirky about you? Something quirky. Oh man, I can. Move, I love this question. I can move one of my eyes kind of independently, almost like a chameleon. It's really weird. Oh wow. Wow. It's, it's my hidden talent that doesn't make me rich at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think there was a show one time about talents that you have that won't get you famous or so. I can't remember what the name it was, but it was about having a talent that will never get you famous. <laughs> yep. Well, that's mine right there. <laughs> <clears throat> so at this point in your career, as you look back, what drives you? Honestly, I just know what I want, and I want to succeed and make a living at music, and I want to help change people's lives for the better by doing it. By chasing my dream, Mm -hmm. I want to inspire other people who might want to do the same thing. And Mm -hmm. as an artist, I have a position of power in that when I stand for something, like I I raise awareness against bullying and Mm cyberbullying a lot because I was tormented growing up. And that's a really big issue to me, eating disorders and Most anxiety. And were too. Yeah, mental yes. health, all of that stuff is very, mm-hmm. very close to my heart. And I feel mm-hmm. like if you have a talent and you've been on TV and you've been recognized and you're really on the climb and hustling, like I'm really working mm-hmm. hard to continue moving upward. And some, mm-hmm. I've had mm-hmm. some limelight. I've got a good fan base. They're really, really loyal. But I feel like if I can convey my message positively and help change people's lives, who might be in the midst of their dark tunnel that I've already been through, then Mm -hmm. that for me is a reason in itself to just continue going forward. So I think that's, that's why my fans are called my muses. I I started initially (laughs) calling them the muses. And then when I was on TV, they called themselves muse mafia. So collectively they're the mafia and they're a little bit scary. But they're also the most loyal and kind-hearted people that I've honestly ever met in my whole life. Everybody mm-hmm. in the Muse Mafia is like, most of them are kind of weird, you know, but they own it just like I do. And I'm really happy about that because I wish that there were people as nice as the Muse Mafia when I was being tormented back in, like, middle school, high school days. So, honestly, yeah. what drives me are my fans. Yes. That's why they're my muses, because they say in Greek mythology, the muses are the ones that give you your ideas for creating. So that's what my fans do for me, and they keep me going, and they're awesome people, period. <clears throat> and, you know, one of the things that do drive me is y'all, because, you know, I've been around a lot of people 
through my years. We've we've done a lot of different businesses. We've sold different stuff. Because, again, like I said, we've done everything to stay afloat from 17 years Mm -hmm. just so that I didn't have to have that nine-to-five job, you know. Mm -hmm. So we've done all kinds of different stuff, and I've been around a lot of different people. But one thing that that I thoroughly enjoy being around up-and-coming artists is that is that drive that y'all have, you know, y'all don't, don't, you know, you take all these chances, you take that risk. You're like, you know what? I can't sit idle. I, I have to chase this dream because I'll be honest, you get around some people that don't have that dream. It makes me want to leave them like really quick because it's, mm-hmm. I, I feel like too short for you to just sit there and do nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and being around y'all, it's like, it inspires me because I'm like, you know, hearing the stories of, of things that y'all go through, hearing hearing the, the triumphs, the struggles, the sacrifices, that is just so inspiring. And that's why I want – that's why I love our shows. We bring people like you on so that we can hit – so that some people who are listening can say, you know what, they might not be wanting to be a singer, but no matter what dream they have, they need to go for. Yeah, they can take that mentality with them because I believe that whatever you want to do in life, you can do. And if you, you only fail if you stop trying. So that's what I always tell. Mm-hmm. I've had my fans message me and stuff asking me for advice, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, you just have to keep going because I lost the voice. I lost American Idol. I I didn't mm-hmm. win much, honestly. But it's not about that. It's about what do you yeah. want out of it. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what I. I preach a little bit, I guess, is just a positive <laughs> message and to never stop. Yeah. And to just, every no leads you to the one yes that you need. I say that a lot too. And when you're going through a hard time, it means you're just leveling up because just like a video game, even though life I know is not a video game, I wish it was sometimes, it'd be really cool. But when you first level <laughs> up, sometimes things mm-hmm. hit you a little harder because you're just starting yeah. off on level 35 mm-hmm. or wherever you're at. And you just yeah. gotta build up your XP. So just keep fighting the good fight. And and I totally get that. I can remember about fifty, sixty interviews back, maybe even seventy. Um it was a, definitely in the early days of the show. Um that I I was pitching a lot of people to come on the show and there was this one person I really wanted on the show and I just think it'd be a cool interview and I and I remember this day clearly because I got turned down, and that was when I had to really think, okay, because I've been turned down before, but I really wanted this artist on. And I, and I was getting frustrated because I'm like, okay, and I know we're new shows, so, you know, at that time, you know, nobody didn't really know who we were. And so I get that, but, you know, it's like, what do we have to do to go to that next level? And I was frustrated. And then it was probably an hour, and I, I was like, okay, God, if we're supposed to do this, Send something. I mean, I, I, I just – I don't have to have the Blake Shelton's yet. We'll have that down the road. But at least give me something. And I remember about an hour later after that little letdown, um, I got an email from one of the PR companies out there and said that they have six artists that they'd love to get on our show. And I'm scrolling through the artists, like them all, and I've seen Anna Christina Cash on there. And I was like, I wonder if she's in the relation – to the Cash family, because I had never heard of her before this. And then come to find out she's married to um, Johnny and June Cash's um, son. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. So I was like, yeah, we'll do all six. And I was like, can we do Anna first? And they, so they, they did it. And after Anna, it was like Carlene Carter came. Then Jenny Gill came, you know, and then um, uh, and several people like that came. And I'm like, okay, you know, again, that's what I needed at that time. You know, I, I just got to keep going and keep going. And, of course, eventually we get the different people and, different, and you know, and we got you on the show, which we're very, very proud to have you on the show. You know, so, again, it's one of the things, like you said, you just can't give – you just got to keep going day by day, and the breakthroughs will happen. Exactly. It's all about continuing. So as, as you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow – I got to do that. That were really special highlights highlight of your life right now. Hands down, American Idol. Honestly, <laughs> I, uh-huh. I don't even have to give that a second thought. I, I still look back, and I can't believe I did that. And it's, it's very surreal to think 
Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I auditioned, and that was such a crazy. And mm-hmm. so many people auditioned for that. Like over seventy-five thousand people, I think, auditioned that year. Yeah. And I got wow. in the top four. Four. One digit. Was that unbelievable? What was What was it like when you first walked in front of the judges, the very first time, to sing? Oh. What what was I, that? What, was, was, what was you thinking? I, I was the last person to audition of the entire day. I had gotten oh, a wow. ticket from from the Popo on the way over to Atlanta. It took me like five hours to get there. It, I was uh-huh. so sleepy and so miserable, and I could smell myself, mm. and I was nervous as crap. So, because I had never done something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. The only time before I had done yeah. anything even remotely similar was in 2012. I got a private audition for The Voice, and I made it all the way mm-hmm. to the blind auditions, and it was a really mm-hmm. bad experience. Nobody turned around. They told me I didn't really have wow. it. Um, Blake oh, wow. told me I was, I was off. Blake told me I was off, and I was like, what do, you, what do you mean? And Christina didn't like me, like, at all. CeeLo told me I wasn't mm-hmm. what he was looking for, and Adam said mm-hmm. I was young and I would grow into my voice. And I was like, okay, that's a producer headline. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but long story short, like that was it was a negative experience for me. Yeah. It really hurt me, and yeah. and I was so mm-hmm. young. I had I think I had just turned twenty one when I was doing all that, and so for mm-hmm. me, looking back, being that young, it really really broke my heart to say the least. Mm-hmm. To be just mm-hmm. completely shot down by people I grew up listening to, and yeah. could not even have yeah. a clear answer though. Like you know, if you say I'm off, I really would like to know how I can be better and what you mean. Exactly. When you say that. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I didn't really get elaboration because they just—I think they filled up their team was what it was. But you mm-hmm. never know. It's freaking TV. TV's crazy. And it is. Then the very next year, I'm doing all this idol stuff. I'm the last person of the oh, day. Yeah. I got a freaking ticket going over there. I'm tired <laughs> as hell. I'm cranky, and I can smell my armpits. And I was like, now I gotta sing in front of Jeffrey Lopez. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and I went in there and I swear to God I thought I was gonna pass out. I was so nervous. But I I chose to do my own song because I had I had played out at like Vans Warp Tour, I think. Either the day before mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know because there were like three auditions that you have to do before you're ever in front of a judge. So I don't remember which yeah. one was which. But I was mm-hmm. tired regardless and you're in this massive holding room of like, I don't know, 300 freaking people who are just screaming and yelling and singing all day like, la, 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 la. And you're like, please shut up. Please. please just, wow. Or, or just blow your voice out and just lose immediately so you can shut up. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand mm-hmm. a little bit of warming up, but these people were doing it all freaking day. And I mean 13 hours. Oh, wow. And wow. I, That's crazy. I was like. Even Broadway singers, uh, they need to take advice from y'all on your vocal endurance because I don't know how you're doing it. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I went in there and I just sang my song and I was like, if they don't like me, then at least it's because of who I am and my own stuff and not how I sing someone else's stuff. And then I got through. They gave me the little ticket thing and I was like, oh, my God. And I started crying (laughs) because it was so cathartic because you don't understand what goes on mm-hmm. in your head and mm-hmm. and outside of the cameras because there's there's so much yeah. that goes into it like my mm-hmm. mom was there I felt so bad because like we had a couple friends come with us and they're all sitting in the holding room and everyone just you're stuck there all day like and then oh, wow. and then I got my gold ticket and I had to go take the MMPI personality test to make sure I'm not a serial killer and that thing is over 500 and something questions long, and it's little bubbles. And by the Whoa. end of it, you might be a maniac. Wow. And <laughs> and they gave me the wrong Scantron, so I had the adult test because I was 20-whatever, 20 23, and I ran out mm-hmm. of bubbles because they gave me the one for the minors. And I looked at her, and I said, I'm not filling this out again. <laughs> And she, I guess later on, I made a friend on the show who had told me later, uh-huh. oh, I was wondering why so-and-so was over there filling out, like, hundreds of someone's Scantron bubbles. I said, yeah, that was mine, because I walked up and said, I'm not doing that again. I was like, I won't be on the show. I won't be on the show. It's that weird test that's like, do you like mechanics magazines? And then the next question will be like, 
do you ever have the impulse to hurt animals? I was like, what the hell is this? But <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and who would admit that, right? Well, yeah. soci- sociopaths with no feelings would because they wouldn't think twice because they don't process the feelings <laughs> like, oh, I should feel bad about that. <clears throat> right. Uh, yeah. Huh. I learned something new. Didn't I? Did, I never thought of it that way. That that's why they ask questions like that because oh, someone yeah. who is apt for that would answer it truthfully, not thinking. Well, yeah. One friend when I was on The Voice, she was a chick from Detroit, super cool woman. You could tell that it was just a bunch of crap. But she had taken mm-hmm. that test too, and we had to take mm-hmm. it on The Voice as well. But she had filled out when it said, "Have you ever wanted to like hurt someone?" She's like, "Oh hell yeah, of course, a couple times." And I was like, no, why did you say that? <laughs> she got cancer immediately. I was like, oh, crap. One day we wake up and she ain't there anymore. And I was like, oh, she must have answered it wrong. But, <laughs> yeah, wow. but it's funny because they'll ask you the same question in different ways. I'm a psych major, so I yeah. kind of like, mm-hmm. when I take tests, it's very interesting to me. Because it'll say, do you ever mm-hmm. want to hurt animals? And it says, like, do you ever mm-hmm. sometimes get so angry that you just want to slap somebody? And then it'll say, do you ever want to, like, really hurt somebody? Do you ever want to hurt anyone in your family? But it's, like, basically the same question, and they'll put it, like, 70 mm-hmm. questions apart, and you're like, hmm. Mm-hmm. They're tra- they're looking for inconsistencies huh. in the answers, like you're lying. Yeah. 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 I love the insideness here, you know, because, again, I'm one of them that I-, I like to see what makes people tick, and so – you're talking about all this, I'm like, oh, this is this is interesting. I like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they did the test because you do have a roommate for quite a while, and I wouldn't want to be oh, with yeah. someone who hadn't taken that test, especially <laughs> this day and age. You never know. So, yeah. And I guess the test got to be as long as it is because if they have to see if you can crack, probably too. Um, probably, I don't, man, I almost cracked. That's a long-ass test. <laughs> <clears throat> so what are some moments since Idol um, that's happened where you're like, wow, you know, it's, this is happening? Honestly, the moments like that revolve around my fans just because mm-hmm. Idol did give me such a, a jump start plus the platform, and it's been really great, mm-hmm. but... Honestly, when I've gotten to these big shows that I've done, first of all, I landed several big shows, like large festivals and stuff like that, that without Mm -hmm. the things that I've done. And the amount of people who show up and support and scream and yell and say, we love you, people people have signs. And I was like, it's so trippy to me because I remember being the kid in high Mm -hmm. school sitting at the desk, drawing a dragon, and getting made fun of for being weird. And I'm like, I like my fans because they like how weird I am. <laughs> and that, to me, is, that, it's, there's been several moments like that for me, really. I have a lot of concerts where I remember there was one in December mm-hmm. last year. My principal from my, my high school actually hired me. It was mm-hmm. great. And I played for the kids who are in a business program because I was in a lot of extracurricular. So I did like Spanish club, German club. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm slightly an overachiever. And (laughs) I was in this club called DECA, which is like business leaders of tomorrow or something like that. It's all entrepreneur, Uh whatever. And so all these kids were like cream of the crop, the kids who were really heavily involved in DECA really want to like, basically when they they grow up, they're all going to be rich. So. I remember I played the concert and I had mm-hmm. I had gone through a particularly bad breakup that day. I found out the guy was like lying and cheating on me and stuff. And oh well. Even though I go through that, you would think I had a bad day and didn't want to play, but the playing is what makes me get through those bad days. And mm-hmm. I I swear this audience was a godsend because it's like they knew and. I had this slower song called California Dream and another one called mm-hmm. Novocaine. And these kids were losing mm-hmm. their minds on both of those <laughs> slow, slow lovey dovey. Oh, well. And they <laughs> loved it. And they were like, we love you, Jeff. There was somebody on someone's shoulders at one point. Like, it was just, <laughs> honestly, it was so magical. They were the greatest. I, I even remember wow. saying, can you guys go to all my concerts? Because y'all are, like, amazing. 
But they just they <laughs> had awesome. so much fun. But that was such a surreal show. It was exactly what mm-hmm. I needed that day. Uh, I just mm-hmm. I left happy and not even caring about my breakup. I really wow. did. I was like, that, that they erased it. Really they made awesome. my day amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, <clears throat> I love where this is going because <clears throat> one thing I like to do also with the show is go flip the script a little bit and go the other way because. Because a lot of people, they see the glory behind you. But they don't see the grind. They don't see the, the sacrifices. They don't see the struggles. And I think what you just said a while ago about, about the breakup that day, it's perfect lead-in to a story that I lead people in to where I want this part to go. Um, we, mm-hmm. we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls back in 2014. Yeah, yeah, I was on The Voice. They were on the season of The Voice with me. Oh, wow. That's cool. Oh, when I interviewed season. Allison, yeah. mm-hmm. one of the questions I asked her was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And they were full-time with music at this point. Um, yeah. And Allison said, um, and she, her exact words were, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. So he goes, once you try to make it a career, whether you're full-time or you're going to be full-time, she goes, it's a game changer. She goes, your life ain't your life no more. She goes, it may be your passion, but it's still your job. She goes, you, and this was her exact word. She said, you could have the worst day ever. You still got to get on that stage tonight if you got a gig. Yep. That doesn't matter uh, because it's, yeah, it's now right. a job too. And she, she said the sacrifices that her, her daughter, and, her, and not just them two, but the family has to make. Because we don't get to always celebrate birthdays. We don't always get to celebrate things and go to things and go to events. She goes, there's so many sacrifices. She says, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in. Because that's the only way those type of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit about that side of it. I mean, I think she's absolutely right because if there's I, – I actually – one time I was hired to talk to a group of students, and they were pretty young. Mm-hmm. And someone wanted me to be real with the, them about the music industry. And I told her, I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't know how real you want me to be because I'm going to tell them not to do it. <laughs> but because they're – Kids, I think there's a certain age. It's almost like talking to them about sex ed. You're like, are they the right age? Because the music industry is very savage. And I'm not trying to Mm -hmm. be negative, but you cannot be, you cannot have a weak bone in your body. And like, my Mm -hmm. thing is, I'll never let them see me cry, but I'll be real with my fans. And I'm like, you know what? I'm having a hard time. Like I'm dealing with some stuff right now that I've been dealing with since 2019, I'm trying to get mm-hmm. my own songs back that I freaking wrote, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. But wow. that kind of stuff every day takes a toll on your mental health. And I'm just real with them. But my thing is, is like what Allison was saying, I, I, I have all these other hobbies. Yeah, sure. But at the end of the day, all I want to do is freaking music. I don't care. It's yeah, been exactly. in the several <laughs> times, but it's all been worth it. It really has. Yeah. There's... I've learned so much, mm-hmm. and that's like I've had a couple bad management deals and stuff, and like there's stuff mm-hmm. I'm still fighting for that there <clears> were times during that relationship that mm-hmm. I didn't want to make music anymore, and I remember taking that wow. as a red flag saying, yeah. I shouldn't feel this way. Yeah. This is wrong. Mm-hmm. This is not healthy. This is toxic. I was being run mm-hmm. ragged. I was sick all the time. I didn't, I was, you talk about writer's block. I couldn't write mm-hmm. any music to save my freaking life. I was so miserable. Wow. My voice freaking hurt. I wouldn't be surprised if I had vocal nodules going on at the time. I got rid of the monkey on my back and I have never been mm-hmm. happier. I mean, yeah, the the war is still dragging on. Of course, those things take a while. Yeah. But I can tell this about me. I don't give up very easily, and I'm kind of a pain yeah. in the butt. So, <laughs> I I really do agree with what Allison said. I think if if there is something that you kind of are drawn to, like if you've been contemplating, you know, I really like the thing, and my heart's in music, but I also kind of want to get this degree. The other thing <laughs> I will add on to what she said is there's nothing that says you can't freaking do both. Because if you look at me, music is my first and foremost. I will always pick music over everything I do. But you know what? I'm also a full, I'm a psychology student. I'm almost done with my degree. I decided to go back Mm -hmm. about a year ago. 
I only have like maybe three or four classes. I am literally taking one class at a time so I don't overburden myself and so that I can get the best GPA I can. I'm just managing it and trying to be smart with it. I also just got certified as a NASM certified personal trainer, so I'm into all the fitness stuff. But I, I am also a huge believer in as long as you have that drive, I do think it takes a certain mm. kind of person to not get distracted and just fly off the handle and go crazy and forget. And, yeah. and then their, their other work, mm-hmm. their priorities actually suffer for it. Because there are some mm-hmm. people, they literally just need to do one thing at a time. Like, do you want to do music? Okay, do music. Do you want to go to school? Just yeah. go to school. Go full time. You just yeah. do that. But if you're a space cadet like me, I do like 25 mm. things. And I know how to manage it, like with the streaming and stuff. And especially during quarantine, but I, I do agree with what Allison said. You you definitely have to want to do it, and that's exactly like mm-hmm. when I told you I had to talk to those kids and be real with them. I mm-hmm. censored it quite a bit, but I said at the end of the day, you better really want to do it because Listen, there's a lot tough. of crap. There's a lot of crap, and and like we were talking about earlier, it's not just you grab your guitar and you go up on stage and sing and you get to write songs all the time. It's so much more than that. Nowadays, you got to know what's going on, what gears are called, and who's behind them. Because, like I said, no one will ever watch your back like you. Yep. And I'm I'm glad you're talking about all this. Because one thing I wanted to do with our show, different than a lot, because, again, you know, that's why we give people 60, 70 minutes, so that we can dig deep in a lot of this. Because, you know, when you got a 20-minute interview, you can only really talk about the good stuff. There's really not right. time to talk about this kind of stuff. And I wanted to use our show. I was like, you know, when we first launched, I wanted to be different. And I remember telling Sandy, you know, granted, I mean, we're a husband and wife team who's a 24-7 couple and been that way for 17 years. And, and being a husband and wife co-host, um, that kind of puts us in less than 1% of the category anyway. But I wanted more difference than that. And I was like, you know what, everything I've seen. Now, they have platforms for the big artists, but I've noticed that with the rising artists, there's just nothing to help them tell their story and, and get yeah. dig, to dig the good and the bad side of music. And I was like, you know what? That's our niche. That's where we're going. And that's what we've tried to do with the show. Is, and that's why I'm glad artists like you are willing to be open because I want people to realize, yes, you can make those dreams come true. But it's yeah. not easy, and it's not going to be easy, and it's not supposed to be easy. No. And, and honestly, if it was easy – it probably, I always tell people too, and I believe there was a psychology study done on it, but if mm-hmm. there wasn't a long road to get there to the goal, mm-hmm. the when you finally achieve your goal, it's not as sweet. So I know for me, True. I've been through a lot of crap. Now, granted, it's probably all first world <laughs> problems, and I'm not going to sit here and whine and complain because I just don't function that way. But I have been mm-hmm. through some, and I have learned a lot the hard way. Like, like again, I'll say, make sure you have a lawyer. And... <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like when I finally do get the winning lottery number called, because it'll happen, mm-hmm. I'll make sure it freaking happens yeah. one day. But when that happens, it's going to be so sweet, y'all, because mm-hmm. I have gone through so much mm-hmm. crap to get there. Wow. And one thing is I will never stop because I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm good. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, not about, it's not about the end goal. It's about the journey. Make it worth it. Yeah, and we understand that because, again, like I said, we've been married 17 years. We've probably done 50 to 100 different business ideas that all flopped. We've tried this. We've tried that. We've tried that. We've never found our rhythm, but but it, but each thing made enough money to keep us afloat. That was the good thing. And you thing. also know it you know, doesn't we, work. True. Yeah. And, and, we, and we've tried so many different things, and then it was all of a sudden, you know, with her love of music, you know, I was like, you know, Let's try something in music. You know, she's just got this passion for music like I've never seen in a person before. And so we started going this route, and all of a sudden we started making connections, and, and everything just started falling in place. Now, granted, when I say falling in place, some people think, well, the show's only five months old or almost five. But it's really not five months old. It's really started back in 2013 when we first started writing together, me and her. And then 2014 mm-hmm. we launched – New Country Buzz and started making connections within the music. So really, it's been like a six and seven year journey for us, even though it looks like it's only a five month journey. That's like they say the overnight success was ten years in the making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, and like they say, the Nashville is they call it the ten year city. 
And see, we're going, we're actually planning on moving to Nashville next year because it, it's funny because we we our dream was to move to Florida, and it was like, but we you know we go to Jacksonville, Florida. That's one of our favorite places to go is Jacksonville, Florida. And we we really wanted to move there, and but and I and I'm one that would like to create friendships before we move, so that when you may, move do move, you got a better transition. It's easier, <laughs> and so yeah. we go back and forth to Jacksonville a lot, but it just seems like nothing ever really pans out. And one day I told Sandy, I was like, hmm, there might be a different reason why why things aren't panning out there. I'm like, we can't make any connections in Jacksonville. Here it is. We've got hundreds, if not a thousand connections in Nashville and didn't even realize it. And I'm like, well, all these people are wanting us to move to Nashville. We've got a lot of really cool friends in Nashville. I'm like, well, something is lining up here that I didn't expect. And so – we started really talking, and I've had and I counsel with some friends because I really believe that bring other people in and just to make sure. And I had a friend of mine tell me on the phone about seven eight months ago. He says, "I know you love Jacksonville, but you're supposed to be in Nashville because when you post about Jacksonville on Facebook, nobody comments. No Jacksonville people. When you post about Nashville, all your all kinds of Nashville friends comment on it. And he was like, "That should tell you something. They want you there. Nobody wants you in Jacksonville." Mm-hmm. So he had to lay it down on the line for me to make where I would understand. Because he was like, "Look, you can." He says, "If you want, if you move to Jacksonville, I still support you. I'll still love you. But as your friend, you belong in Nashville." <laughs> well, friends are usually the most honest with you. <clears throat> and that's yeah. And so here we are. Next year, we're planning on moving to Nashville. And and now that we look at everything, you know, we got an eight-year-old, a, a one-year-old. There's so much opportunity for them there over Jacksonville also. So it it really does make more sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're into music, uh, Nashville's a wonderful place to go, honestly, because mm-hmm. it's just it's one of the meccas. It's like one of those places you got to go there. And that's like me. I bounce between I, – I live in Alabama, but I go to L.A. a lot because mm-hmm. all my, my – a lot of my industry people are in Los Angeles just because I've done the TV yeah. shows that are based out of there. But mm-hmm. then I go to Nashville because also a bunch of the L.A. folks are moving to Nashville. So <laughs> it works for me because Nashville is four mm-hmm. hours up the road. I, I have a couple friends that are, like, working with the Preds and stuff. I love hockey. That's mm-hmm. one of my big passions, too. So I oh, go up well. there and hang out and go to hockey games and sing gigs and go to shows and <laughs> it's just a it's a really great place to to be and there's a lot of really good folks up there and a lot of the big industry heavy hitters are there so that's a good place to be yeah. for sure. And, and you know something that really showed me what Nashville is about. I remember now now granted once the tornadoes come they really showed me there watching what what they did but before the tornadoes came and this is now some people would say this is small. To me, this was big. Um, this, um, I remember I posted on Facebook about six, seven months ago, and I asked and – and, of course, we're in Savannah, Georgia, so I'm expecting somebody from Savannah on this. And so I posted, does anybody have an extra podcast mic they'd like to get rid of? I'd love to get it from you. And uh, one of my Nashville friends private messaged me and said, what's your address? I've got one. I'm out to you. Oh, wow. That was huge mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, that's seven that was- people for you. They're like, oh, you don't and, have a shirt here, have mine, and they'll just take it off. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and we're in Savannah. No, none of my Savannah friends commented nothing on that. Really? So, now, granted, once, yeah, and I, and so I'm sitting here like, well, I that really made me. That was another. Again, it's small things like that that I see in Nashville. I'm like, you know what? There's so many signs for me that that's yeah. where we belong. You gotta keep mm-hmm. your eyes out for the synchronicities, and they'll they'll point, yep. they'll totally point your way. They'll tell you exactly where to go. Yep. Now we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and then we're gonna play your song. Thank God didn't. Thank God it didn't work. And then we're gonna talk about that. How's that sound? Perfect. All right. Hey everyone, we have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast 
hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Wish I hid the key. He broke my heart and he sped off fast. And looking back at how the broken glass shattered more than just these small town dreams. And just to think I nearly jumped in. Oh, yes. Great song. Thank you, guys. And, and, you know, you're talking about thank God it didn't work. And that also made me think about, you know, it's for you, it might be a good thing that 
the voice didn't work because that you blossomed. That's what that song is about. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> that's where I was I was driving up to Nashville, two co-writers who were on that mm-hmm. song with me. And uh-huh. I was thinking about, you know, I'm really happy that some stuff didn't work out because specifically with the voice, if I hadn't mm-hmm. been shown on my blind audition, then I would have been under what's called a reality hold on the contract, and I would have never been mm-hmm. able to audition for Idol the next year because I would be under that hold that I couldn't be shown on TV yeah. because the time span mm-hmm. is too And so because I failed and sucked, it was awesome. And I was able to get all the way to top four and do what I did on Idol, and that was like my big breakthrough, I guess. And, you know, they always say your darkest moment is usually preceded by – your biggest break. Yeah. <laughs> and and it sounds like you were what you said earlier that that was a really dark moment because you just they just didn't give you the answers that you know you were willing to take criticism but you wanted to know okay what can you do better. Yeah, and to be so young and and experience that from like I said these are people I looked mm. up to. And, like, I grew up listening to Blake Shelton and Christina Aguilera, especially. And for them, like, Christina did not like me. Like, she had the stink face on. She was scowling. And I was like, the moment she turned around, I was like, oh, crap. She don't like me. Like, you can tell. (laughs) As a woman, you know. And I was like, oh, crap. And it just, seriously, heartbreak is an understatement. Because that was when I was probably the hungriest. and. And I went out there, never been to Hollywood before, and I truly thought in my soul, oh, my gosh, I'm going to make it. They set up a mm-hmm. private audition for me. I got all the way to the blind. Oh, goody. And then I'm just like, oh, never mind. This sucks. <laughs> you know, I remember, too, you know, when Gabby was on Idol. I, I'm I'm not friends with her family, but I am Facebook friends with her sister. And me and her and me and Gabby's dad has talked, uh, chatted through Facebook. Yeah several times. Um, so I'm not like personal friends with him, but I am a little bit friends with family. And I remember him posting on Facebook that they, with Gabby coming in third, they thought that that was almost the worst thing that could have ever happened because they, they really felt let down because the way the show kind of aired it, it looked, it made Gabby look bad. And, um, and I remember him saying, but it became the biggest blessing. He said, if she would have won, she couldn't have done nowhere near what she's been able to do now. Yeah, but it's funny because there's a lot actually. When you win, you're you're locked down. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. like for me, I was I'm fine with losing American Idol. I was like, I'm cool, <laughs> I'm happy. I'll take that number four and walk home with it. <laughs> and then build from there. Yeah, and and the other thing is, is honestly, I've stayed in touch with so many people from Idol. I love American mm-hmm. Idol. I love everyone who works mm-hmm. on that show. The people were amazing. I've I've like stayed in touch to the point where I've gone to people's weddings and a couple of years ago, and it's been just so cool to see them. I, I I love my friends. I love people who've been on my team <laughs> since back in the day, and yeah. they've all been like promoted. And I'm watching them grow, and I'm watching them succeed, and we're just all kind of cheering for each other, and and it's like a really weird support cheer group, like actually. a family. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a family, and I feel like once you're on a show like America, you are in that family, and there's no getting out. It's like the mob. <laughs> they have to accept you whether, whether they like you or not, right? <laughs> yeah, but like for real though, I I truly love the people I met through Idol, and I'm I'm yeah. so blessed and grateful that I've gotten to stay friends with them because I think another big thing and a key to being successful mm-hmm. in this industry is relationships. Mm-hmm. And being genuine and actually caring about people because then in turn they'll care about you. And then down the road, kind of like me and some of my buddies now, we work on a favor basis. It's like, hey, man, I don't have this money to do this right now. Can you help me with this single? Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, sure, just do something for me if I need a voiceover. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like that's how a lot oh, of wow. it works. So it's honestly about <clears throat> relationships and honestly just being a nice person. It's not yeah, that hard. I love that. I love that. And, you know, we're a family show. One thing we always like to do on each episode is bring our little eight-year-old along. He always asks one question each. And I think you're going to like his question because something you said earlier made me think about. I was like, you know what? She's going to love this question. (laughs) 
<laughs> and when Caitlin gets older, she'll be plugged in too on our shows because <laughs> we oh, are you're a family Christopher. affair. <laughs> Hi, Jess. What's your favorite food? My favorite food. Oh man, you know what? I really love sushi, and the reason I know that that's my favorite food is because of how much I miss it in quarantine. <laughs> and what's yours, Lucas? Pizza. Oh man, that's a second for me. I almost said so for real. Because <laughs> I love carbs. Okay, bye. Carbs and cheese. <laughs> he comes and goes quick. But but he he loves his little part, you know. He, you know, I remember when we first started the show. You know, I've I've been taught through the years that if you want to inspire purpose and passion into your kids, you need to allow them to watch you live out yours in front of them because they have the, they have right. a front row seat. So we mm-hmm. plug him in, and and like I said, when Caitlin she's four, 50, she just turned fifteen months, when she gets old enough to where she can actually ask a question, we're gonna yeah. plug her in too. <laughs> No, the parents parents should always incorporate their kids and let them do what they feel passion for naturally. Yep, exactly. Absolutely. <clears throat> and it might rub off. <laughs> you never yeah. know, but the there's so many hindered creatives, and a lot of it starts in childhood. And people mm-hmm. who are are not nurtured when they're young like that, they end up being very resentful, whether they realize it or not, when they get older. And I've I've seen it with a lot of grown ups too. They never yep. were mm-hmm. to express themselves, and then they miss that piece of themselves as they get older. So I applaud you for letting your kid be a part of your job. It's more fun that way anyway. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Like you know, we love we, it. Sandy and I have been a 24-7 couple since the day we married, and, of course, with our kids, we've been, you know, we homeschool him. So, you know, you know, it's funny. We, Sandy and I would joke, said, well, you know what? The world has always put us down for the way we live, 24-7 couple, homeschool kid and all that. I was like, well, all our friends that kind of put, or all the people that kind of put us down, are now living our life, right? Because they're now the couples yeah. that have to stay together. They're now having to homeschool. I'm like, well, the world came to us in a way. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I've been, yeah. I've been doing fine in quarantine. Like I said, the only thing I'm missing is sushi. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's cool. Like I'm, I'm a streamer. I'm playing a virtual show tomorrow night on Mixer, and mm-hmm. then I'm playing a virtual show on my Facebook on Saturday. Like I'm, I'm happy. I'm good. I can play these shows and work on. I'm working on my virtual empire during this time, and I, I know the world that eventually is. will get back to at least some degree of normal. And until yeah. then, yeah, this is where I will be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive. Who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh, crap. Um, I really like the way that Ryan Tedder from One Republic writes. I also oh, wow. wouldn't mm-hmm. mind, I wouldn't mind writing with someone like Chris Stapleton, too. Uh, honestly, there's a handful yeah, of that would be awesome. I'd love to write with. Yeah, Chris Stapleton is awesome. Man. <laughs> yeah, he kind of changed a directions little a little bit for people. Do what? Yeah, Chris kind of changed – you know, everything was going back towards bro country and all that, and I think yeah. Chris kind of brought it back to a middle ground. Yeah, country music, I believe, for me anyway, it seems like it's on a spectrum. So you've got, like, the mm-hmm. pop country, bro country on one side, but then as you get to the other side, there's the Chris Stapleton, Eric Church, Zach Brown Band, mm-hmm. Ashley McBride. That's more I'm, – I'm kind of closer to that, that toward the middle. Yeah. That's where I sit. And I'm a little bit like you can tell I'm a southern rocker though. You can tell I listen to. Yeah. I had a metal phase in high school. Like definitely had that. <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> so I'm about to ask a question, and the way I ask it, there's a reason for the way I ask it. And I'll explain that after I ask it. But if you had a magic wand, and what you're about to say would 100% come true. Where where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it in this way, I like the artist to re- – and, and it sounds like you're so vision-oriented anyway, you won't have a problem here. But I like artists mm-hmm. to open up because this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked that exact same question to Kelsey Ballerini. Her oh, answer wow. five years ago was exactly what she's living now. I mean, you could – I mean, we went back and looked at what she wrote, what, what she said, and we're like, my God, she's living exactly – what she told us she wanted to live. She knew where she was going. And I, want, and I always want artists to think about that. That's why I bring up that story, not the name drop, you know, <laughs> but to make right. artists think, you know what? Because when we, you know, she wasn't 
up there when we interviewed her. She she had a, a one song, her first song at top twenty. It was in twenty eight at that point. Mm-hmm. So we interviewed her before most people knew who she was, and it's so cool to watch that. Wow, look where she's at now, in only five years. You know. Yeah. So that's why I was trying to tell that story to get people to open up a little bit. So if all bets were off, where would you be in five years? In five years. I'll be on my second world because I plan to already do one by then. And I'll be selling out giant stadiums. I think it'd be really cool to play the Super Bowl. I have big Mm -hmm. dreams. Oh, that'd be awesome. (laughs) And I want to have a really awesome team with me making content Mm -hmm. and kind of taking over the internet and making awesome music videos, writing more songs. I want several more, at least three albums more out by then. I, I honestly just I just want to make more music, and I think the biggest step for me would be to be going on that world tour, and I that would be so freaking amazing. That would be awesome. Let's say you had a friend of yours, and let's say that they because again, if you ain't noticed, I like to get personal. Let's say I you had do. a friend of yours, and 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 you've heard him sing, and him or her, let's say you you could tell they got something special. There is something yep. there. And, and let's say this now, this would be pre-COVID advice. And let's say they've gotten on stage, they've, they've played maybe 20 shows. So, so they're still getting their feet wet, but they've gotten on that stage and they've looked over the crowd and they just know this is what they're supposed to do. They come to you and they say, Jess, I got that stage bug. I just know that I'm, in, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. What advice would you give that person to help guide that specific person, to help guide them the next two, three, four years? I would say that I'm accessible if you ever want advice because I've already kind of been there, been there, done that amount of whatever the the, the baby steps in the beginning are, kind of paying your dues. And mm-hmm. I would I would kind of be like the mini manager because I have a natural tendency to do that, especially if it's a friend. I really watch out for them because I know there are a lot of sharks and snakes out there, and I know I can see them from a mile away. And um Honestly, I would just say be careful. Remember why you do it. Be yourself and don't sell mm-hmm. out. Just you do what you want to do and you follow your heart. And I know it sounds cheesy, but that's how you have to be. <laughs> Otherwise, the passion gets sucked out. And you know what? Just go on stage and own it. Rock it. Play as many shows as you can and mm-hmm. talk to your fans because fans, if if you don't have fans, you're nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, I love what you said about not selling out. I, you know, when we first launched this show, I asked one of my Nashville friends, what advice would he give us? And I'll never forget his answer. I remember he told us that um, – he says, what, he says, I'll give you one piece of advice. Whatever you do, yep. be and stay authentic. He says, you yep. can tell every, every Bobby Bones joke because he knows we look up to like Bobby Bones and Ty Bentley. That's who we want to become kind of, but in our own way, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but And he said, you could tell every Bobby Bones joke, every Ty Bentley joke. He said, let's say you can even get good at it. He said, I don't think you could. He said, but let's say you build an audience around being like a Ty or a Bobby. But, you know, he said, the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out and authentic yeah. Sandy comes out. When that day comes, whether it's a day from now, a year from now, five years from now, and the longer it takes, the worse it will be for you. He says, but yep. when, when that day comes – you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to fake. I mean, they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. So, mm-hmm. so, and they're going to leave you. So, so stay authentic from the beginning. That way the right audience comes. It may be slower process, but you'll gain the right audience. It's worth it though. I mean, it's the same thing for me. Honestly, I actually mm-hmm. struggled with my identity for a, a long time because being on the shows mm-hmm. and being young and stuff, everybody's telling you what to do, who to be, what to sing, how to act, how to look. People will rip you apart, tell you what they think you should wear. And I'm at a point where I'm just like, I'm just going to do what I want. If I cuss too much, then my bad. And if you don't like me, then I really don't care. Cause I'm, I'm finally at a point where I'm, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to talk about aliens at least once per conversation. And I'm going to play my video games and write my songs. Just be, just be yeah, Cause I, I was, it takes too much effort to try to be what other people want you to be anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's as, true. We, as we finish this off, um, I did 
miss a few questions because, I mean, we are over an hour, and I try to hold it. To, I mean, there are sometimes we go 90 minutes, but I could tell that we could probably mm-hmm. do that with you, but I'd like to try to hold it to 60 as close as possible. Um, but So I'll skip a few of the questions, but I'll go to the last question. Um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never oh, man. do? Um, honestly, it's hard to think of one because I talk so dang much. <laughs> Usually, even if you don't ask something, I go on a tangent. It comes out anyway. I'll just, yeah, I just I blabber because I'm used to doing the TV stuff that they have to edit down, and I get uh-huh. plenty to work mm-hmm. with. I promise, so I can talk all day. So it's hard to think of it. I think the biggest thing for me is just like getting my message out there, telling people to be themselves and be okay with it. Like no matter what color you are, no matter what orientation yep. you are, no matter what you believe in, like be nice to people. Like it's cool to be I different. And Oh yeah. I, I hate cyberbullying. I hate all that crap. And that's oh, why yeah. I, I talk freely about the golden rule. There's a reason that's in the damn Bible and we need to follow it <laughs> instead of sitting here trying yep. to act like we're the justice givers. So like mm-hmm. we're just supposed to love each other. I mean, uh, that, if, yeah. if everybody would it's, just reach out and love the, your fellow man, your oh, fellow yeah. woman, That's that would change I everything. With it. I, I think that we just need to be nice to each other and the world needs a lot more of it right now, especially because we're going through such a weird time. Um, yep. mm-hmm. it's, it's 2020. It's time to advance. Exactly. So as we finish yeah. up here, tell everybody how they can reach you. Well, if you Google Jessica Muse, you'll freaking find me, that's for sure. But I am <laughs> I I live on the internet, like I said, especially during quarantine. I have been all over working on my presence very, very much so. I've been playing a lot of virtual shows. My Facebook is Facebook dot com slash idle Jessica Muse. And that is M E U S E like me use this, me use that. And <laughs> my Instagram and my Twitter are at Jess Muse. And my mixer stream where I game and stuff, it is an 18-plus stream. We we talk smack sometimes because it's the gaming world. But my name yeah. on there is Monster Muse. It's M-0-N-S-T-E-R-M-E-U-S-E. Yeah. So it's a zero instead of an O. But honestly, if you just Google yeah. me, it's all verified. It's all me you're talking to. I'm, I take a lot of pride in, in knowing that I'm the person who runs all my socials. That is really awesome, and I and I love that, and I love the authentic that she brought out on the show today. Because, you know, that's the the thing I want when people come on. You know, there there's a reason our tagline for our show is says up close and personal, because mm-hmm. I want it to be personal. I want it be. I want people to leave our show feeling like you know what I just created a couple of new friends, and we just talked. That's how I want people to feel. Yeah. <clears throat> so. We we look forward to keeping up with where you're going, and we look forward to having you back down the road. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. And you have a awesome day, and look forward to see where you go. Thank you. Y'all too. Have a good day. All right. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed today's show. We've got another show coming up to you at 4 p.m. Eastern time, so be on the lookout for that. And as always, we will see you in a little while. Talk to you then.